Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Green Pile Podcast. I'm your host, Stan Crawford, um, and I'm hoping that we're going to cheer up over the course of the next half an hour, or however long it takes to <laughs> go through what happened yesterday. That positive chuckle, which must be the first chuckle he's had all weekend, <laughs> belongs to the mighty Max Cohen, who's joining us somewhere stateside. You'll fill me in in a minute, Max, but I'm counting on you to to lever us through this collective form of cathartic therapy after what was, well, a woeful uh, London derby against West Ham yesterday. First of all, how are you doing, Max? I've been better, Dan, but, you know, I think I'm going to try to rise to the occasion here. It's going to be cathartic, but I think we're going to have to leave here in a better mood than we started, and I'll just start by this, start with the optimistic angle. We've lost four in a row. We're terrible. And we're still above Chelsea. And that tells you a lot about how well the season's going, that we're in free fall, but we're still above Chelsea in the, in the Premier League. Excellent. And the best thing about that is with two mentions of a word we don't normally mention on this podcast, we've swelled <laughs> the Fulham Foundation's uh, donations by by a sizable amount. They'll be very pleased with you, Max. I'm, uh, I'm very grateful. Right. Um, you're absolutely right, though, to mention that, you know, our European... Ambitions might have teetered off a cliff or be disappearing, you know, subterraneanly somewhere um, as a result of everything that's happened over the last few weeks. But we are indeed still the only team in Fulham, uh, largely because neither of us can buy a win at the moment. <laughs> but I'll take any kind of um, positivity where it comes from because, um, well, there wasn't much of it to be found at Craven Cottage yesterday, unless you were David Moyes. And even then, you can't afford to be too optimistic about things. Um, let's get right down to business with it. Max, how bad was it for you? I think it's fair to say it's the worst match of the season. Uh, because as many people have noted, West Ham were probably the worst team that's come to the cottage all year. I think that's by far the worst team that we've played. I mean, just abysmal, Dan. Just negative. We had so much possession because they just gave it to us. And fair play to Moyes, that was a winning strategy because we could do nothing. But they offered so little. And I couldn't. Even, sometimes teams come to the cottage and play us off the pitch, and we can say fair play. We made them look good. We did not make West Ham look good. West Ham looked like the relegation fodder they are, but we played down to their level. I just want to pinpoint the most frustrating aspect. I'm sure you might agree here. The delivery. It reminded me of, of the days of, of Scott Parker, of just unimaginative attack. Time after time again, across into the box, lacking. I mean, I shouldn't even say cross into the box because 80% of them didn't even make it there. So that was what really irked me, Dan, is that it was clear this, the game plan of trying to get it out wide and depend on our fullbacks. God forbid a fullback puts in a cross in the box and actually gets there. God forbid. It just wasn't working. But there was no plan B. And with Vinicius up top, there was no other focal point, but we just kept lumping it in. And I couldn't I couldn't believe my eyes. From minute one to ninety, the only real chance we got, I'd say, was off a set piece or when Pereira was through on goal. And that's it. Yeah, created by your good friend, the much maligned Carlos Vinicius. I think I should <laughs> throw throw that one in there. But returning Fair to enough. returning to your previous point, I mean perhaps the most astonishing part of it was that we'd seen but both fullbacks who started the match were as bad as each other in terms of finding a white shirt in the penalty area. 
Um, Cedric Suarez had been waiting a long time to get his opportunity to start a Premier League match. We gave him one, and the the most generous, the generous thing I can say, the most generous thing I can say is he didn't take it. Um, <laughs> Anthony and Robinson, on the other hand, I mean, we've always sort of known that crossing was not his, the strongest part of his game. But goodness me, Max! I mean, the closest he came to actually uh, getting us back in the game was when he actually had a shot from an angle where it looked more likely that a cross would pay dividends. But the most frustrating part for me was um, Louis Barmorto, Marco Silva eventually replaced Suarez with Kenny Tete, and then we never got Kenny Tete in a position where he could actually cross the ball. <laughs> I was, oh, 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 honestly, what little, you know how little hair I have, Max, because you've met me several times. Um, I, I was close to tearing the remainder of it out. And the years, to those of you who have not met me, have not been kind to the Crawford hairdo. <laughs> it's sort of routed like Napoleon through, I don't know, where he got pushed back to after he charged through Europe all those years ago. Um but you, you've hit on one of the problems. I guess the other real problem is that sort of Pereira, Vinicius, link-up. And the two Brazilians, in different ways, are becoming quite infuriating. In the, It was very like Bournemouth for Andreas Pereira. He's had a wonderful season, and it's important to say that, as has Anthony Robinson. We must... Um, we're, we're, we must be clear about that. But Pereira, much like last weekend, he looked really good in the first half, really lively. And then he disappeared for large parts of the second half, um, particularly when he bafflingly decided to try and take it round the goalkeeper in the last 10 minutes. Mm. When a first-time shot, I mean, I, 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 you need to explain to me what kind of voodoo it is that means that many of our players don't want to shoot. I mean, yeah, help me, out, make help me out here. It doesn't make any sense. And, and when Pereira did shoot, it seemed like it was a cross that somehow just ended up in the keeper's hands. He didn't even seem willing to actually take a strike with his laces. So, yeah, I mean, another way to put this is, you know, if we can't beat West Ham at home, who who can we beat don't for say the end it, of the oh season? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, I I don't really believe that we're going to go the rest of the season winless. You know, I I do believe there will be some turnaround, but when you put it like that, it's quite depressing. Mitrovic is on, not going to come yeah. back until right the final two matches. That that's the current ban. He's going to be out until I think Palace and United. So we have to depend. Well, it could on, be in jail on... by that time. I mean, given the way things are going. <laughs> Well, I am greatly. Yeah, Dan, 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 I do, you can't. You can't get me started. You I do greatly appreciate how successful the ban for Mitrovic has been in acting as a deterrent to other footballers for placing their hands on the referee. I mean, you know, we're speaking shortly after what was a crazy game at Anfield, but there were several incidents in that match alone of very high-profile footballers touching the referee, remonstrating with various officials. And we know nothing will happen. Anyway, you're right, Max. We got sidetracked. You were telling me about how grim it had been and how it wasn't going to get any better, principally because uh, Carlos Vinicius is the only striker, senior striker we've got at the moment, and it's weighing rather heavily on his shoulders. 
Exactly. And I think what the point I want to touch on here is that Mitrovic offers so much when he drops back into a holding area, you know, attacking the field. When he drops back to link up the play, receives it from someone like Reem, can play through ball to Willian or to Solomon or to Decada Vareed, and then can get back in the box. And that's how so many of our best attacks season have gone. He can also play a lovely cross to a pass, not even a first time one. He can get on the ball, hold it up, and let other players make runs in front of him. Vinicius doesn't do that. And, and I do feel a bit for Vinicius because he's not Mitch. I, the commentator yesterday said he's not Mitrovic. Well, of course not. Well, there's only one person who's Mitrovic. He's being compared to someone who's clearly better than him. And it's not Vinicius' fault that he's not Mitrovic. That's just the situation it is. But at what point do we look for a plan B? And I'm not sure who it is. I mean, do you put Dan James up top and just play up every single ball to the corner and make him run because he's the quickest player in the league? And then hope he learns how to pass or shoot. That's not really an option. Decorative Reed has played up front, but he's had an anonymous past couple of matches. I mean, what do we do, Dan, for the next you know seven or so matches when we know there's no Mitro? Well, I, I mean, well, far be it for me to defend Carlos here, but I, I, I did say on this podcast, and I have written on our website, as, as people will be bored of hearing me say now, you know, he did score the winner against Chelsea. He did trouble the Chelsea defence, which, as we've seen the season go on... That's saying absolutely nothing. ...doesn't appear to be that difficult, <laughs> right? Um, he did score a very good goal in the other London derby, um, which we won't talk about because it still infuriates me now that we lost that Monday night game. But he did. that was not an easy finish that no. came to him quickly. So I, I do want to say he does have ability and yeah. he does and, have and, talent. And, 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 and... And to stick up for him for a bit, because I, I agree with you, I'm not going to be totally anti-Carlos here. He assisted Solomon at Brighton and also played Solomon through just last weekend, which led to the Pereira goal. So yeah. he, he's not a nobody. You're, he's no, not, not uh, terrible. He, but there uh, are matches, you have to admit, when it just seems like he, he can't hold on to the ball at all. Oh, I agree with you. But I would say at Bonner and Zuma... Um, I mean, Zuma defended like he was marking a catch rather than. Yeah, I was just gonna. Ball. I was just gonna try to crack. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> right? It's almost like a mind meld between <laughs> you and I. Um, right. He, 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 they, they did defend it very well, but what was staggering to me was we talked at the start of the season, Max, or early on in the season, or indeed both times, about the importance of getting runners beyond Mitrovic or close to Mitrovic in order to be successful in the top flight, right? And for the first part of the season, we did it. And there's no um, there's no doubting what you said about Mitrovic being a real miss. But we don't help ourselves if Vinicius is having to beat three people in the box to get to a overhit or underhit cross. And that there were two moments yesterday where he genuinely did things that was superb. There was one little check where he went outside Egbonna and inside Egbonna yep. from a throw-in. He held it up and he whizzed it across the box and there was no one there. The, the covering defender was a West Ham uh, defender. He would be because he was a defender. And um, there was the moment where he linked up with Kearney and played a lovely little ball that we've to, that led to the chance that we've already spoken about. The problem is He's isolated up there in the system that we're playing. And you have to sort of ask yourself, is there another system that we can try? Well, possibly, but it would necessitate maybe more than one forward. 
And that would just be pouring gas on the problem at this point, surely. If we can't, if we haven't got enough confidence in the one forward we've got, playing a system that requires to play more than one striker seems to be reinventing the wheel unnecessarily. Um, I, I don't know. I'm exasperated because on another day, we could have won that game handsomely. Um, but I, I do think I wanted to touch on something else, Max, which is we're a bit pedestrian we're in in playing. When we don't play at tempo, we're a bit pedestrian. And we couldn't break down a West Ham side. And it was easy enough to get the ball into places where we could hurt them, but we didn't hurt them enough in the final third. And it links back to what you were saying about um, the football being rather dreary and predictable at the beginning of, of our chat, doesn't it? You know, we need to find a bit more invention from somewhere. I did think it perked up when Kenny came on. I agree. I think he might be a big part of the final, you know, nine matches because he can provide that spark off the bench, the alternative to Pereira. Yeah, and, and I, I, I agree totally. I mean, it, it just felt so flat. You know, a whole match. What this match should have been, was a response to Bournemouth, which was a very unfortunate collapse to a team fighting relegation. And you pencil in a whole match against a team who just looked... I mean, the Newcastle match was an embarrassment for them, for West Ham. We <laughs> should be targeting them, and we should have said, this team is there for the taking. Let's send a message that Fulham are back, that we don't need Micho, we don't need Marcus Silva. We can bully a team who's now done a double over us this season. But we didn't do that. So... I think you have to also look at your missing silver on the touchline. That has to play a role, you know? Maybe if Marco's there. Well, you get shout to another fourth official and get sent off yeah. again or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, fair enough. But I don't know. I can't really explain it. You know, I think you have to look at also, and I've said this elsewhere, Solomon. You know, this is a player who scored five goals um, in, in, in his first eight matches. I think that's easily our top goal scorer this side of the new year. Why is he not starting? Uh, and he did provide a bit of a spark. Teams are figuring out that he likes to cut in from the left and they're putting two players on him. But he was the only player today I can really remember who actually took people on. He mm. needs to start for me every single match of the season uh, until um, until we end because he is someone who, as you said, can give us that spark inventiveness that can take us from being a dreary, you know, one-dimensional side to actually pressing forward. Yeah. Uh, but you need to give him the ball. I, I felt we were guilty of not giving him the ball enough at times um, in that in that second half. And you're right; you limit his chance to be effective if he's only going to play 45 minutes. Um, you, you did mention that West Ham had done the double over us, which prompted two thoughts in my mind. Yeah, I'd just about forgotten about that shameful day at the. Olymp I suppose we have to call it the London Stadium. Um, a stadium that all of London's taxpayers pay for, even though West Ham stole it from its true purpose. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I had to get it in. Uh, and, of course, there was a dodgy penalty in two... Well, they, I mean, they were handballs, let's be honest. And this spectre raised itself again yesterday. And uh, I'll do very well to get through this next period of discussion without swearing. So I'm just going to say to you, Max... What is the assistant referee for if he's looking at that? And one of our other contributors to Hammy Hen suggested that Kufal, 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 
I'd even say it. Played volleyball with the ball to get it past Anthony Robinson. Oh, I would say that Anthony Robinson needs to be a bit stronger in that yes. situation, for sure. But you can't legislate for someone just deciding, oh, I've sort of lost control of the ball. I'll use my hand. The assistant referee's there three yards away from me. The VAR didn't even review it. I mean, am I? are we making too much of this or what? Well, you know, I'm of two minds here, Dan. My first mind is with you in that we've been given a very, very bad rub of it this year by the refs. And this is a, a clear handball, which should have been chalked off just as we saw, you know, in the fall against West Ham. On the other hand, I think we can both agree, hopefully, I, I, I believe that we want a football, a Premier League, where the refs take more of a backseat when it comes to situations, which, of course, is the infamous um, Lamino rule, right, where it brushed off his hand against Spurs and the goal was disallowed. I am in favor of more goals like Sioux Falls, or, I mean, more more situations like Sioux Falls being given lenience, you know. Well, that I, I don't Mario think we should... the one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the one yeah. you're talking about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. You know, we we got screwed. They changed the rule, and now the rule is how it is. <laughs> in fact, that's now. But the whole point is, I, I would actually agree that this goal should have stood. But it's just not consistent, you know, for us. And it seems like we always get the, the the bad end of it, no matter what happens. But, you know, yes, it, yes, he handled it, but it was just the ball was bobbling. And my main issue, honestly, is Anthony Robinson, who, as you mentioned, has been too weak on numerous occasions recently. Just just getting beat in simple situations when he needs to be stronger. And even when he gets beaten, is there an argument to say we could have defended that? I mean... Oh, no, no, bit. hold up. It, it's a great finish by Harrison. It's a great finish. It, it's instinctive. <laughs> he takes it first time. No, I agree. We should have defended better. Totally. I mean, Jared Bowen is very good at getting in positions like that and fizzing in low balls, but we just seem flat-footed, and that's what led to the own goal, right? Yeah. Well, but Reem does exactly what he should do there and goes to the danger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just one of those, oh, I'm not... I'm, I've had to move my seat in the in the Hampstead end, so I'm entirely in line with where uh, Robinson gets gets beaten. Um, and it was just like one of those car crashes, slow motion car crashes that you can see oh, yeah. unfolding in front of you. And again, Harrison Reed, like Reem, does exactly what he should do. He reads the danger and he tries to intervene. Unfortunately, he didn't have his best game. Uh, uh, yesterday either um, and that was one of the other uh, and I think we're of the same mind you know we ideally we'd like to see free flowing football with the referees taking a back seat but the referees are so ridiculously bad in this league that they can't take a back seat that's why we have to have some sort of um, you know clamp down essentially on refereeing standards because you know, the rules of the game still say, unless they've rubbed it out, you can't, you know, you shouldn't handle the ball. I mean, that fundamentally is, is what it comes down to. But it was poor defending. And then I wonder if there's something off about the balance of our, our, our side at the moment. I feel like Marco Silva's done a brilliant job with Harrison Reed in adding an extra facet to his game, Max. But he still seems a bit of a fish out of water as the most advanced central midfielder when he's playing there with Polina. Several times in the first half, both before and after West Ham's goal, Reed was quite advanced. And the little flicks and tricks that he'd been trying earlier in the season weren't coming off because he was trying to get through a packed 
West Ham defence. Do we need to look? I mean, we've got Sasha Lukic. I'd like to see a bit more of him. We haven't really seen enough of him. But you'd need to look at an upgrade in that general area. Or you'd need to use Tom Kearney a lot more, as you as you suggested earlier on in the uh, in the discussion, no? Yeah, I think, you know, credit to you, Dan, because that's one of the most fair assessments of Harrison Reed I've heard from a Fulham supporter, because often it's either he's championship quality, he should be nowhere near the squad, or it's how dare you criticize Harrison Reed? He's so undervalued and no one gives him enough credit. Well, I need, to apologize to Lydia, I need to apologize to Lydia right now. Sorry, Lydia, because she'll have <laughs> turned off the podcast in disgust at this point. Anyway, carry on. At the end of the day, it, 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 you have to accept two things. One is that he's playing well above his level and he's not comfortable up there in the, in, in the, in the final third. He's, only, he's never scored a goal until the season, right? Um, on the other end, he's a, he's a bit outmatched. And if we're really looking to strengthen the summer, which we must, Paulini needs a partner who can who can really push on with a more attacking basis. And I think you're right about Lukic. Again, another fair point. We haven't seen much of him. You know, it's way too early for me to give an assessment on how he's played. I can tell you about the Brentford game. I wasn't impressed. And there's some other times which he looked decent, but we've only really seen him play for an equivalent of, what, 180, 200 minutes a season? It's nothing. So, you know, you can respect Harrison Reed, but also realize that for a team who wants a challenge for, you know, top 10 in the Premier League, we're not going to be serious if we have someone like Harrison Reed there next season. And that's just my honest opinion. Yeah, I feel like Reed is uh, perfectly serviceable and, in fact, better than that, you know, um, holding midfielder who can do more with the ball than just be a destroyer. We've seen all that. And I don't want to. Um, take away from the pivotal part he's had this season. But in certain matches, like yesterday, when a team's going to sit in in that very very Roy Hodgson-esque and chapeau to Roy Hodgson for what he did this afternoon, incredibly funny to watch Leeds falling apart in front of our very eyes again. Um, <laughs> but in a very sort of Hodgson-esque 4-4-2, you know, very old school, you needed a bit more guile and invention. And I do wonder if um, we need to see a bit more of uh, of Tom Kearney. Right, we said we were going to cheer everybody up, uh, Max, and we barely um, we barely mustered a, a word of praise at all. So two things to to finish with at the very least um, on on yesterday's calamity. Number one, how good is Burnt Leno? A couple of really good saves. Hundred uh, percent. He's he might be the number one unsung hero this season uh, because he has, I think, given us... Uh, without him, we might be in that nine-team scrap for the drop. The fair shout, actually, isn't it? You know, he's saved us an awful lot of points and even when we've lost games, he's kept us in. 100%. Those two saves yesterday were one from, uh, I think it was Danny Ings, was it? Yeah. Um, where And then, I mean, he and even Cornet. managed... To block that one from Maxwell Corner, yeah. Uh, quite how he missed it. You know, maybe he should have been wearing a white shirt with finishing like that um, yesterday. The other one, uh, I was slightly surprised that Tosin Adarabayo came in for East of the Up yesterday, but he didn't do badly. In fact, there were times when he was charging forward, he looked like our most progressive player, particularly <laughs> in the first half. Yeah, I think that's... I'm glad you brought that up because the whole centre-back chopping and changing is in my opinion another under talked about storyline of our season is that 
you know, it seems like Raymond Diop are definitely the first choice, but Tosin's come in on a number of occasions. He almost scored. He almost scored twice, honestly. He should have got a flick on uh, at that in-swinging set piece. And then, you know, towards the end, he had a free, essentially a free header from a corner that he put right at Fabianski. So he gives that different, different aerial ability, I think, sometimes uh, than Diop does. Uh, but yeah, he was decent. You know, you really can't. It's it's a situation which is a weird one because we lost, but you can't point fingers at the defense, the central defense at the very least, because they were generally quite good. Yeah, no, I think you're, uh, I think you're spot on there, mate. And uh, I, I, some people have written off Tosin Adarabio on account of some poorer performances this season than last, but I think it's a bit too soon to. Uh, to, to be doing that, I, I think he still has quite a big part to play, especially as we, you know, this is sacrilege, particularly speaking to you about it. But, you know, sooner or later, we will have to contemplate a future without the bionic man, Tim Ring. Um, yeah, and... maybe in like six years, you know, nothing too soon. Certainly, why not? Right. Um, I want to finish with some good news because, boy, do we need it. On Friday night, Fulham's under-21s beat Arsenal 2-1. Uh, goals from Ollie Sanderson and uh, Luke Harris taking Fulham into fifth place in the Premier League 2, which is a, a great result. And just a shout that the under-21s are in a couple of uh, cup semi-finals against Brentford and against PSV Eindhoven coming up in the next couple of weeks. So if you can get down to Motspur Park... And support the next generation of Fulham talent, some of which has been turning professional at a regular rate over the last um, few, few weeks. Please do get involved. Your season ticket will probably get you in either for free or for a reduced um, uh, amount on the night. And they'll very much appreciate your support. Max, let's um, wrap it up by reminding ourselves what a great season we've had so far. And it has to get better than that, surely, um, because we'll have had another 90 minutes to pour over and recognise that the things we're trying aren't really working at present. Yeah, and I think I, I'm glad you brought that up at the end because I want to reflect. I mean, if you had told anyone involved with Fulham Football Club that we're at 39 points this stage of the season, they would have bitten, bitten your hand off. I mean, I was telling my friends at the start of this, at the summer, I said, Listen, we'll be lucky if we finish 17, you know, with, with the way that the summer had gone and how the Premier League had been so cruel to us the past couple of seasons. It is a minor miracle what Marco Silva has achieved in those first 20 or so matches. We're now coming back to earth. That's okay. That's part of football. But we still lost four in a row in the league, and we're above the muck. We're, we're not getting involved in that scrap. And that just is a testament to how well we've done. I mean, if you told anyone, yeah, we, we'll lose four in a row, and we'll still be 10th in April. I mean, we have to have some perspective here. As bad as Saturday was, and don't get me wrong, we just spent the past half hour saying how bad it was. We're still 10th in the league, and we're comfortable. So, you know, mixed emotions here. At the end of the day, it's been a great season. Hopefully, we turn this around because we don't want to have this bitter taste at the, end of the, at the end of the season. But, I mean, it's been beyond my wildest dreams for sure. Yeah, no, it's fa- it, it has been fantastic. It's a shame if it peters out in the way that it does, but... Um, it also shows what a job Marco and his backroom staff and indeed the whole Fulham setup have done to get us firing and competing in the Premier League. And as you say, 
you know, 39 points, even though it feels like we've been stuck on 39 points for a month or more, you know, to be on 39 points at the start of April um, is sensational. Uh, look, Max, I've really enjoyed, uh, as strange as it sounds, um, discussing another demoralising loss with you. I would say we should do it again sometime, but hopefully we'll have happier subject matter to pour over in the future. Thanks for joining me again, mate. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Uh, really good fun. Uh, grateful to Max and grateful to all of you for listening. Hope to catch you soon. Come on, you whites. <laughs>